Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the fourth Sunday in Advent. Our order of service is in the bulletin. We're going to begin right now with hymn number 321, God's Own Son Most Holy. It's hymn number 17 in the red book. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the word, 
announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Sunday in Advent is from Romans chapter 16 verses 25 to 27. In this reading we hear Paul talking about how the whole gospel promise is a mystery that finally is revealed when Jesus came. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey him, to the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Alleluia. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Alleluia. 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 Our gospel reading is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. This is the angel Gabriel appearing to Mary and telling her about how she'd be the mother of the Savior. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Let's sing our next hymn. It's hymn number 355. Let all together praise our God. It's hymn number 41 in the Red Book. Let all together praise our God. 
Samuel chapter 7 verses 8 to 16 where the Lord said to Samuel now then tell my servant David this is what the Lord Almighty says I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel I have been with you wherever you have gone and I have cut off all your enemies from before you now I will make your name great like the names of the greatest men of the earth. And I will provide a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore, as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people, Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies, the Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod of men, with floggings inflicted by men. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Let's bow our heads for prayer. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear friends who have a real home to look forward to in heaven. When Jesus was 40 days old, after that his Mary and Joseph took him to the temple and while they were there, what happened is they met this elderly man named Simeon, a devout believer of God's promises. They met him there at the temple. The Lord had directed him to go to the temple and to meet Mary and Joseph and, and the baby Jesus. In some special way, the Holy Spirit had spoken to Simeon to let him know that he would not die until he had actually seen the Lord's Christ, the promised Messiah. When Simeon saw the Lord Jesus, when he saw Mary and Joseph's little boy, he took him in his arms and praised God with the words to the song that we know of as the Nunc Dimittis, the song we often sing after we have celebrated the Lord's Supper. When we say, Lord, now you let your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Since Simeon had seen the Savior, since he knew that this Jesus was the Christ, he was more than ready to go to his eternal home in heaven. Seeing that newborn baby, Jesus, reminded Simeon that his real home was in heaven. It assured him that that baby would one day pay for his sins and thereby make heaven Simeon's real home and, and the home of all true believers. Our reading for today reminds us that because Jesus came into the world also to be our Savior, that heaven is our real home as well. It encourages us to let Christmas remind us of our real home. Our real home is a home graciously prepared by our Heavenly Father. It's a home established through the sending of God's Son. And it's a home of everlasting peace and rest. In our reading, God is speaking to the prophet Nathan with some information that he was to give to King David. David had been king over Israel now for quite some time. He had conquered all of his enemies and his rule was firmly established in Israel. He had built for himself a, a beautiful palace in Jerusalem and now what he wanted to do is build a magnificent temple for the Lord. And that was a noble desire for David to have to be able to build a temple for the Lord. But God had Nathan, the prophet Nathan, talk to David and tell him that he wasn't going to be the man who was going to build that temple, the Lord's temple. That Solomon, David's son, would be given that task. God also spoke to Nathan to give 
to give him some information to pass on to David, some an explanation for what God was doing at this time. Well, God told Nathan, Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. God wanted Nate, David to know that God Almighty, the all-powerful Savior God, is the one who was speaking to David. It wasn't here that what was happening is Nathan came to David with his own opinions, his own thoughts, but he was going to David with God's own words, with God's directives. And from this section, what we do get is a bit of an encouragement from God not to try to pass off our own human opinions as advice from God, Actually, if we start passing off human opinions as advice from God, that's, that's definitely something that could be very soul-threatening if we try to pass off our own opinions as if that is what God says. As I said, it can be soul-threatening. Rather, we'll want to let God do the talking because as the psalm says, God's word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. So God, through Nathan, was reminding David of what he had done for him. And God had done so much for David. He took him from being a simple shepherd boy and made him the ruler over God's chosen people. What the Lord was trying to do through Nathan was show David that Everything that was happening was a part of God's plan, God's plan of salvation for souls. The Lord chose David and brought him to this position of prominence in order to establish a house, a dynasty, a dynasty whose rule would never end. It would last forever, and obviously, the dynasty that would last forever isn't talking about the physical family of David. It's talking about the spiritual dynasty of David. God had said to David, I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I will cut off all your enemies from before you. To realize how true this really is, all we need to do is think of the the story of David and Goliath. Remember that story and really when you think about it, David, the shepherd boy, the young boy, going up against the giant Goliath, David didn't have a chance at all. There was no way he was going to be able to defeat, defeat Goliath. There was no way that that was going to happen. It was all God. It was all God. God took care of things. And now David didn't deserve the protection and help that God gave him against Goliath. He didn't deserve the protection that God gave him against Goliath or against King Saul or against any of his enemies because what was David? David was a sinner. And as a sinner, he only deserved God's wrath and punishment. In, in one of his psalms, King David wrote, 
Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. But think of everything that God graciously did for David. It's amazing what God did for him. And we're in the same situation that David was in. The Apostle Paul says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But even so, as God called David from the pasture of sheep, so we can say God graciously called us from the pasture of this sinful world to be sheep and lambs in his flock, in his believing family, his believing children. And as members of God's believing family, we can absolutely rest assured that our Heavenly Father will guide and protect us as he did David from all our enemies to both our bodies and our souls, especially our souls. The psalmist said, if you make the most high your dwelling, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. And now the fact of the matter is, is that we can hear the psalmist say that and we can have questions in our mind because we would all say that there have been disasters that have struck us. And so we might be tempted to think that what the psalmist said isn't true, but it is. Because really, whatever seems disastrous that may strike us in this life, God gives us the promise that it's always for our eternal good. God's always working for our good. And that means even though on the surface it may appear to be a disaster, it isn't really a disaster because God is working for our good. Oh, think about what Joseph told his brothers after he revealed himself to to them after he was back together with them. The brothers had sold him into slavery and Dave, Joseph went through so much. But through the years, God led Joseph to understand and to say to those brothers then, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. So when disasters seem to strike us, in this life, let's always try to think about how God, God's plan is always to bless us and strengthen us through those supposed disasters so that they really aren't disasters at all. Because again, scripture says that God makes all things work together for good to those who love God. That good, ultimately, of course, is that what God is working at, his end goal, is always to get us to our real home, to our eternal home in heaven. And it's such a blessing for us to know that even though our sins give God every right to turn his back on us and, and let disaster strike us, over and over again, repeatedly in the course of our lives, even though our sins would give God every right to do that, in a sense, what our God will never do is he'll never turn his back on us because he's made us his believing children. He's never going to turn his back on us. We may forsake him, but 
he doesn't forsake us. Instead, what he does is he graciously prepares a home for us in heaven so that we can be with him forever in heaven. God said to David, Now I will make your name great like the names of the greatest men on earth. God did make David's name great so that the term David's son given to our Savior might signify his greatness and hold a special place in the hearts of the, of the Israelite people. Think of the words that the people of Jerusalem shouted as Jesus triumphantly rode a donkey into Jerusalem on, on Palm Sunday. They said, Hosanna to the son of David. God said, and I will provide a, pal a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. After David subdued his enemies, what happened is that the Israelite people did have a, a relative peace, but it wasn't a perfect peace. Wars did end up breaking out. So the land of Palestine only partially it pictures the fulfillment of God's prophecy here of that place of peace and rest. The complete fulfillment, that's of course in heaven. Heaven, a home our heavenly father planted or established as our home through the sending of his son into the world to be our savior. And it's only through his efforts that heaven can be our home. Off the southwestern tip of Great Britain, on a great boulder some distance from shore, stands this massive stone lighthouse. It's called the Eddystone Lighthouse. And after several failed attempts to try to build a lighthouse there, there was an engineer that, who was able to build the present lighthouse, laying the foundation deep in that boulder that was out there some distance from the shore. He laid the foundation digging deep into the rocky core of that foundation boulder and, and he engraved on the side of the lighthouse then, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And that lighthouse, unshaken by wind or tempest, it stood there for over 200 years to the tribute of to tribute the, the skill of that great engineer. But you know something, the, the lighthouse stands, not because of the skill of the engineer really, but because of the great rock that it is built in. The rock that is the foundation for that lighthouse and that rock typifies Christ, our rock of ages, the foundation on which our faith is built when the Holy Spirit calls us to faith and makes us believers. And we stand strong, not because of who we are, but because of the foundation 
because of the foundation of Jesus and his word on Christ the solid rock we stand. And that solid rock, it assures us that through faith in him, we can be absolutely sure, certain of our eternal home in heaven. God said, Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did in the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. This home of everlasting peace and rest of Rest, of course, is not this earth. Statistics from a number of years ago say that there have only been two minutes of peace for every year of war in our world since the early 1900s. I wonder if that statistic, because of all of the wars that have been going on recently, has dropped way below that two-minute figure. This world isn't going to give us the home that we really want. Only heaven can give us everlasting peace and rest. There, though, we won't have sins to trouble us anymore, any of the effects of sins to trouble us anymore. Satan won't be able to reach us or tempt us anymore. We will have perfect rest from earth's often toilsome labors and tasks. Death will never bring us grief ever again because death will be no more. What work God will give us when we're in heaven won't ever cause us to get burned out or stressed out or even tired. We'll find perfect peace, happiness, and joy even in our labors. It's something amazing and wonderful to look forward to. And when we consider how wonderful Scripture pictures our real home in heaven is going to be, isn't it amazing how much we cling to this life that's affected so much by sin? An old Norwegian catechism says that God called us aside one, side, one day in the palace of heaven and assigned us to a place he calls this island colony called the earth. And after describing what our life would be like there, our Lord ends by saying, the greatest danger is that you may fall in love with this island so that you will not care to return home. Love the island because it is my possession, but do not love it because it is your home. Your home is here in the palace with me. This story, of course, is fictitious. It is fictitious, but the point of the story is well taken. During this Christmas season, and well, for that matter, never in this life do we want to get so wrapped up in the commercialism 
of Christmas or, or the things of this world. Instead, what we'll want to do is let Christmas remind us of our real home. A home which our Heavenly Father graciously prepared for us by, by sending His Son to live and die for us and to pay for all of our sins so that we can have this place to look forward to of everlasting peace and rest. And it's all because of Jesus. What a home we have to look forward to. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Christmas Creed. If you are looking at the bulletin, if you're able to, it begins on the bottom of the second page. I believe in God the Father Almighty, who sent his Son to be my Savior. And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, my Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by the angels, worshipped by the shepherds, adored by the wise men who lived to suffer, die, and rise again, to free me from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. I believe in the Holy Spirit who brought me to faith in my Savior and by whose continuous work in my heart I rejoice in my salvation, show forth his praises, and will one day live and reign with him in all eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. Take away the burden of our sins and make us ready for the celebration of your birth, that we may receive you in joy and serve you always. We pray to you, O Christ, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, we keep bringing to you our prayers, dealing with those on our prayer list, those are dealing, who are dealing with different aches and pains and trials and troubles. And we ask you, Lord God, to please, if it is according to your will, grant healing. And especially we know it is your will through your word to give them your help and your strength and your presence. Give that help and strength in your presence to all of us so that we can keep on fighting the good fight in this sinful world and always looking forward to our real home in heaven. And what an amazing place we have to look forward to, all because of your grace and mercy and love. And we gather up all of the prayers we have as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace.
Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Again, I thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple quick announcements to share with you. Tonight at 6.30, we have our children's Christmas candlelight service, our children's Christmas Eve candlelight service. Tomorrow at 9.30 a.m., we have our Christmas Day song service. Friday is Victor Kunkel's birthday. Next Sunday, we have our regular Sunday morning schedule. As of right now, we are not planning on a New Year's Eve service. Well, we have the services in the morning. We'd like to encourage you to come to them. If, if I hear a lot of uproar saying, let's have a New Year's Eve service, I'd be happy to provide that, that for you. In our prayers, we do think of all of those who are traveling right now with it being Christmas. We Pray that everyone would have safe and enjoyable travel, visiting with family and friends. We pray for travelers. We, well, please also remember the Kennedy family. Diane's mom again was called to her eternal home at her funeral was this, this past Thursday when we rejoice in the fact that she's now in that real home in heaven. Again, thank you for joining me for worship today. The Lord bless and keep you always.